Adam's mad at me How the me fuck today. are you guys? Are <laughs> the fires me out clapping like that? And I'm like, let's go. It's like a cheer, like a pre-huddle. <laughs> Kelly's been fully embracing the role of work wife today by busting my balls nonstop. Thank God. Yeah. About time. Well, tell him why. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, need so- we need someone to humble me. <laughs> <laughs> How excited. are you guys? I'm good. You guys excited for Vegas? Landscape people here right outside the window. <laughs> That's right. They can cut it out. I hope. If not, we'll just leave them in. Whatever, Jake. Your call. All right. Vegas. So we're, we're on, officially on the Relentless Comedy Tour right now. We saw <laughs> yeah. Theo Vaughn together Tuesday. We mm-hmm. got Ali Wong this weekend in Vegas. Bill Burr next weekend in Vegas. Bill Burr's the bomb. And then our mastermind, which will be a blast. Yeah, we're excited for that. We've been working really hard on the Vegas Mastermind. It's a lot of moving parts for this one. Renting the nightclub was a pretty good move. Thank you, thank you. I'll take credit for that one. Yeah. Well, the the DJ we got is actually a guy I used to DJ with. That's cool. Believe it or not, which is pretty crazy. I'm excited because I think we were going to go dancing one night and we changed our plans to see Bill Burr, but now we get to do both. Wow, now I see the the motive behind it. (laughs) It all makes sense now. All makes sense. Me too. Just want to dance. Me too. Are you going to wear red bottoms? You think this table will hold me if I. This one? Yeah. Uh, Well, it was like an $8,000 custom table, so if it doesn't, I'll call the guy and be like, yo, come on, dude. (laughs) I brought my tap shoes. I just thought that would be appropriate. Yeah. I want to tap and sing for Kelly if I can later. Sure. Okay. You do, you, bro. Do you mind? <laughs> no, I would love to see it. So, uh, what, uh, what Isn't are you that guys, what happens uh, every day? <laughs> Travis tap dances? We got some good videos of Vegas Travis dancing in oh, the yeah. hallway. We have good club. videos of Travis in every place that we've been. We've got a great Mexico video. <clears throat> I think one of my favorite moments was when we went to visit Chrissy's school. You and I were walking to Starbucks. It's in Alabama and it was hot as hell. And randomly we're walking there, he just takes his shirt off on the side of the road while we're walking to Starbucks. He's like, I don't want to sweat in it. And I'm like, yeah, it sort of makes sense. Adam was all weird just because I'm like pretty. He couldn't take it. I, te- I, I took a picture of him. I texted this to my wife, and yeah. she's like, "What the hell are you guys doing?" And I'm like, "Going to Starbucks." Don't ask. And she's like, "None of this makes sense." And I was like, "It's not supposed to." That's how we work, Alabama. <laughs> I fell flat on my face walking into the lunch restaurant that the other true. day. <laughs> she tried to like grab my arm and hurt my watch and my wrist and hurt her oh, arm. Oh God, yeah. I fell so hard right on the like just face planted That's into strange. the ground. Did you forget your karate falls? Like, I must. I actually. I tried to break my fall. She, she fell fine, but it was embarrassing. She was even cute when she fell. It was cool. That was the first thing I said when I walked in. I was like, "You guys, I fell in front of Travis," <laughs> and he couldn't even catch me. Most he wasn't strong enough. Yeah, ever. he almost pulled me down with you. <laughs> that would have been the best. So, uh, business side, real quick. <laughs> as much fun as this is, please no. About business, please no. Podcast. I don't want to do this. What is, what is everyone talking about in Vegas at the Mastermind? <clears throat> okay, I'm talking about the rules of the CEO, which is basically just observations I've collected over the past mm-hmm. couple of months about yeah. how they're kind of. Can I swear on the spot? I always forget. Why do you ask that? You know me. <laughs> how they're fucking up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So I just, I feel like I have a unique perspective dealing with CEOs, Mm. dealing with studio managers, where I see the disconnect. Mm. So I'm hoping to kind of bridge the gap a little bit and help them be better communicators, be better leaders. Do you feel in your instances of working with managers and CEOs, 
whose side is usually the disconnect moron? <laughs> Do you want to take a guess? CEOs. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was going to guess. It depends, right? It depends. Obviously, you got to have the right manager. But um, I think I think communication-wise, it's usually the CEO. And there, there's obviously, too, like a component of understanding how the CEO brain works mm-hmm. that I think managers need to know. Well, they sort of expect like the CEO to hold their hand. For yeah, I mean, CEOs don't think like us. We mm-hmm. think about the details. We think about the specifics. And CEOs are more big picture. They're more visionaries. And it's our job to take that and create a plan. So I think if you're waiting for the CEO to give you the step-by-step, you're going to be you're waiting lo- a long yeah, time. Yeah, you're, you're lost. <laughs> that's, that's where I think the bottleneck <clears throat> issue happens a lot is, like, I, I'm a great example of someone else should figure out the details and I'll give you guys the overall yep. the overall strategy. But then if you tell us figure out the details but then you're like if we do it and we come back and show you and you're like, like no. That's fucking terrible. Yeah that's yeah. terrible. Or you say I want it done this way, this way, this way. That can be a frustrating moment too because it's like well why didn't you give me better expectations or better yeah. a better framework when you assigned mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? So that I can be successful. And that's a lot of times what happens is every time I fail or I think I failed my confidence goes down and then I'm less mm-hmm. confident to take on a task in the future. It's like if you give me something and I do it wrong I'm not going to be motivated to go try again on my own. So clear expectations from you will help me be successful at delivering. See, I think that's where I'm excel because I will never tell you it's a terrible idea. I'll just make fun of you after you leave the room. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was coming. I was just staring at him and I'm like, I think I know where he's going with this. Yeah. I was caught Travis be like, you don't believe this shit Kelly just brought to the table. (laughs) Uh, Do you guys both know that that would never happen because we're talking about me? Okay, so... I deliver. <laughs> Kelly's never struggled with confidence. <laughs> yeah, <ever>. no. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, I know. I was trying to like, I don't want Kelly to see me, but uh. <laughs> Except for that one time I fell. <laughs> <laughs> Travis? Hi, you're, you're not even talking about anything because you were bitching out this time. <laughs> He's just having fun. Tra- Travis is such a good pre- presenter and speaker oh with the lowest self-esteem of speaking and presenting <laughs> on the planet. It'd be like goes. it'd be like if Michael Jordan was afraid to step on a basketball court but had that same skill. That's, so how, we're, that's how we bring yeah. me in. So we're, we're, uh, we're interviewing Travis. <laughs> well, just shows you how smart you are, Adam. Like they hire opposites, so you have an egomaniac yep. and then a realist over here. Like it's a perfect team. Jeez, like you are brilliant, and I'm like right down the middle. <laughs> if I could get twenty percent of Kelly's ego, I would be a fantastic. Bro, presenter. I grew up in a male-dominated industry. If yep. I didn't have this level of confidence, I, I wouldn't be here. I know. I had to work ten times harder than the men. Yeah, I think confidence is more descriptive of you than ego, because you are. Self-defecating sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we made up that word. Yes, this is the wrong. Don't word. judge us. But no, like you, I think you're very you're right self-aware, word. and I, I think people with egos often are not. The ego self-aware was a joke. Yeah. the ego was a dollar. Yeah, so the podcast. I'm confident enough knows, for the yeah. for the. Uh, I'm jealous of your confidence for sure. What are you looking forward to the most for this whole Vegas thing? <laughs> I really, really like the. Uh, insane ideas yeah, yeah me too i love that shit i don't know why we got we got some good ones this time too. as they're i like the nervousness i think to watch them because mm-hmm. i'm like oh i understand i'm back there sweating before i present too and then technical difficulties how they hand i like all that 
Yeah. yeah, so for those of you guys listening that aren't aware of what we do in the Mastermind, <laughs> we do an insane idea contest where we will allow uh, the members of the Mastermind to have five minutes to present one thing that's working at their school, but they have to actually show results for it and prove that it works so it can't just be an idea and then they have to teach the how-to for it so they can't just talk about it and be like i'm doing all this cool shit and brag about it and then not actually explain to the rest of the room how to do it but it's cool because you get to see sort of like these little secrets of what's making each one of these people successful in different areas which is really really neat and then we vote on the winner uh this time we're giving them what a 500 dollars mgm poker chip yep uh since it's at the mgm and they get to speak yeah and they get to speak the relentless summit which is pretty cool (laughs) It's funny. It's intimidating, right? Like we were at the the mastermind together last week, and they have something similar. Yep. And I was just thinking, like, wow, I don't think I could picture myself getting up in front of this room and and doing that. But I also think it's like you've got to be doing something mm. that other people aren't doing. That's right. If you can yeah. just kind of name it, I think I would. I think if I would have actually done it and not just like had my balls suck up into my body, <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it. I would have done okay. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing is after so seeing everybody, yeah, yeah, after seeing everybody go, you're like, oh, okay, I, I get this. This is helpful. What What are you looking forward to the most in Vegas, Kelly? <sighs> I think we have some great guest speakers. Yeah, me I, too. I really I have to shout out Bijal because I just love yeah. her energy. Bijal is amazing. I, I guess I'm saying her name wrong. Bijal. Yeah. Bijal. Yeah, um, I had to practice. Yeah, she's awesome. Bijal. Sorry, I got your name wrong. Um, <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> if you're if you're happen to be watching, yeah, but she doesn't care. Uh, uh, she's awesome. I, I think she, obviously she's an expert at what she does. Yeah. Um, I'm always a little biased towards the ladies. I love seeing women speak on stage. She's a phenomenal speaker. She'll be at the summit too. So I if you guys it. aren't at the mastermind mm-hmm. and you buy the virtual ticket for the summit or you're attending the summit in person, you could see Beagle's brilliance uh, on full display. She's got great energy. She's always on. Yeah, funny. She's super engaged, and she will like no matter what audience she's speaking to, she will connect and relate to them, which I really appreciate. She's not just speaking at people; yes. she tries to learn about who she's speaking with, and she's just great. So she's great energy. I, I loved her from the start, but uh, once I joined Taylor Welch's mastermind that she's also in, yeah, she controls that whole fucking room in that <laughs> she, mastermind. Like she'll be the one person that to ask a question that like everyone else in the room is thinking. She'll interrupt whoever's on stage to like yeah. get get them in the right direction to answer a question. Uh, I respect the hell out of that. And then uh, she's a branding expert and she did all the designs for Move. If you guys are in the Relentless Studio Owners Group on Facebook, it's a free group to be in. You can go there, you can see what she did with uh, our, our rebrand and everything. But she kicks ass at what she yeah. does. I'm excited for her. Yeah, me yeah. too. And our other guest speakers too. I also just love, like, I think the, the networking and the, the side conversations that happen. Yes. You know, like, you're not necessarily just going for the speakers, but all those moments that happen at lunch and yeah. afterwards. So. I like the uh, off-the-record thing we're doing this time, too. Yeah, that'll that's be That's going to cool. be interesting. Uh, yeah. Do you even know about that? Did no. you hear about it? So, to, to, <laughs> I was just agreeing to go <laughs> So, the end of day one, <laughs> we're going to have a bunch of buckets of beer brought out for everyone. All right. We're going to turn off the mic and turn off the live stream. And we're going to have everyone just sort of huddle up with the coaches on the stage. And then we're just going to let them ask whatever the hell they want. It's very and intimate. And we're going to be so direct, truthful, and honest with whatever their question is. Even more than normal. Because there's no recording of it. There's nothing. So it just yeah. stays within that room. And that way, even if it's like a really vulnerable question from someone in the room, they don't have to worry about it being online or anything like that. And yeah. it just opens them up more to actually asking real questions. Sounds intense. It is. Yeah. But it was so, cool. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be a, a cool thing that uh, 
it's really unique to our industry because our industry is not very transparent. It's pretty much 99% bullshit. Well, and I think it's hard for people to talk about the vulnerable stuff. Yeah. You know, like that's not very common in the martial arts is to express that vulnerable side. Yeah. And we need to. I freaking loved your clip on Instagram this morning um, about uh, leading with love. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many martial arts industry experts, especially the men, are talking about leading with love? Yeah. It's just not happening. Yeah. And it's so important that that, you know, just those vulnerable, hey, like, we are all struggling probably in very similar ways Mm -hmm. and if we don't open up and talk about those things then we're all just like what are we there for i think the disconnect in our industry is people are thinking about too much about like what are my employees doing for me or Mm. like like martial arts should be their whole life and they shouldn't have anything else besides what they're doing here and it's like when you actually like care about the individual you're going to make the decisions that are best for that individual and you're you're putting yourself in their shoes in more situations than not because of that whereas i think when you're just like no you're you're here to serve me you're here to serve the business like i don't give a fuck if it makes your personal life inconvenient or non-existent altogether that's that's when we fail as leaders so i I think it has to be that type of leadership if you want to succeed yeah law of reciprocity yeah at least long term succeeding i think you can probably succeed short term as like do whatever the fuck i say don't question it type of thing but We've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> Good old level one fear-based leading. Yeah. Well. <laughs> like when you first joined the Marines, level one fear-based leading like for a while. Yeah. Well, I think it's funny that it's level one because I think when I first was put into a leadership role, that's exactly what the fuck I did. That's why it's level one. Yeah. We all do. Yeah. We're like, you're a manager now. All right, bitches, get to work. I'm in charge. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'll in charge. fire all of you. Yeah. That's just part of the process. That's why it's called level one. Mm-hmm. Then you tell us the, uh, the other levels. Then, then you learn that know doesn't them. work. Yeah. <laughs> then you realize you got to go to level two and actually love one person, maybe. So I, I uh, recently read this book. My, my family is extremely religious, and I, I was wanting to read a book about. So I called my brother. He's a pastor, and I was like, I'd like a book on Jesus and how, from a perspective of Jesus as the CEO of Christianity, huh. not from a biblical and he was like there's a book called lead like jesus and he started naming some authors of books i love oh, man i read that thing and i was kind of like that's unique i kind of lead like that like if you really think how did he you leads. just compare yourself to no, I, <laughs> yes. I said kind of now i sound like kelly <laughs> it's rubbing off on you it's the table it's, it's the switching chairs table. i got i got your ego from i, the I chair. compared it to michael jordan he's like what's what up for michael jordan oh jesus and he's like i got this <laughs> it's a cool book though like i'd never heard some of the stories of what he did but everything he did was just always what's best for that person mm. and you know his name's kind of prevalent these days so yeah. it must have worked yeah uh, that book was really cool for me yeah that, it is neat to see that's kind of the only way to lead actually is if you're not doing what's best for your team your team's gonna go work for someone who is mm-hmm. yeah so especially nowadays i think that's yeah. what i pick up uh, not in the martial arts industry that's what i pick up in the industry in general, general. Yeah. is what are you doing for your people and i think people's perspective is what do you mean what are they doing for me they're my employees yeah. and i'm kind of like right. oh boy yeah yeah Ooh. Ooh. And people nowadays work for like how they feel. That's right. Yep. Not necessarily what they and get. And they should. Yeah. Kinda. So controversial <laughs> issue in this industry: coaching instructors. Ooh. Let's do it. Let me add on. Who? <laughs> where? Can I, uh, can I say why I I think it's perfectly fine to poach instructors from another martial arts school? I think it's because if you're providing them better opportunity, better pay, better lifestyle, aren't you doing something good for them? Yeah. 
No, you're doing something good for the entire industry. Yes. Forget them. That's bigger. If you're not taking someone else's stud that they're being treated like crap, treating them well to expand the industry, maybe you shouldn't be in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they're just going to keep giving us a bad Aren't name. we all working for the industry? Like when yeah. the average martial arts school hits 50000 a month, I think people will appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. or when like, being a martial arts instructor is actually a prestigious career Amen. versus like, oh, crap, you're a martial arts instructor. I better not marry you. I had a <laughs> you know? my, so my high school girlfriend. The dad was the vice president of Ameritech, the phone company mm-hmm. back in the day. Yep. And I, I remember I was like sitting at their dining room table or something, and he came up to me and he's like, he's like so what are you going to do with your life, Adam? And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to own a martial arts school. He's like, you need to get a real career. Right. He's like, not martial arts. Yeah. And like, in my mind, I was like, fuck you, motherfucker. I'm going to show you that this is going to be a real career. So that would have said? Yeah. <laughs> that was in my head. He was intimidating as fuck, though. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, yes, sir. I was like, I'll, I'll find something. He's you just like, call it something different. It's called active recruitment. I've yes. been teaching it for years. So you don't have to call it poaching. I, know. Well, I sort of like the poaching name. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> I've always been like, what do you do for a living? I'm a poacher. <laughs> Watch your people. I, I have heard Adam say it. I've been saying it for 20 years. I don't I don't think you can poach people because... they got to want to go. Recently. So I'm 100%. <clears throat> you want to hear confident? I'm 100%. Ooh, I should say her name. I was so impressed, but I won't. I'm 100% at when I decide to go get someone, I get them. Never not. I can't say that anymore. I just reached out to someone and she said, no way. Because she got a little like breast cancer when she was working there. And the boss was like, what do you need? Here's six weeks. Here's this. Here's that. Make sure your insurance. Like he did everything he possibly could. I said, how much are you getting paid? She said, 50. I'm like, I'll pay you 90. And she's like, no, thanks. And I was kind of like, people aren't poachable. If you're leading like Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Tied it all back so you guys, So I know you definitely agree with it. Like when we go out, we're always kind of like commenting on great talent. Yep. And people always ask me, because that's sort of what I've done for the last 10 years is help people build teams. What's the, what's the best job site to find? And I'm always like, it's not a job site. Yep. It's getting out into the community and literally handpicking your team. Yeah. So how do the, how do the people who have maybe little confidence in this, what's like a good first step for them to stop worrying about resumes that come in online, which are very difficult to to sort of get a sense of skill set. You can bullshit the hell out of a resume pretty easily, especially in and our, even in an interview. You can bullshit the hell out of it. It's just so hard to read charisma on paper. You know what I mean? And and that's such a big important skill set for what we're doing. Yeah. So like, what's a good baby step for people who want to be more? active recruiters <laughs> I, I tell you here's yeah. my opinion because i'm doing it right now mm-hmm. and i haven't been a member of a big box even though that's been my whole career i haven't been a member of a big fitness center like a, the normal 20 to fifty thousand, hundred thousand square foot fitness center now that i'm a member of it again i have already uh poached three people mm-hmm. so there's three people who were kicked out soon yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> i'm banned from lifetime fitness forever because of this so now i worked out it <clears throat> not gonna say <laughs> and yeah i already have three people who are going to be studio managers for our smoothie bars because they're dominant females i know what i'm looking for so i just start the approach mm-hmm. okay audio. great so yeah. now let's talk about how do you <clears throat> make sure they don't think you're flirting with them they always do yeah and that's okay i am <laughs> just in an employee or no we don't want them to yeah <clears throat> it always feels that way yeah. for me when i approach a female it's so much easier for me to approach a guy mm-hmm. uh but 
I don't want guys running my yeah. smoothie store. So it's been like when you said, what's the easiest way? I'm like, I don't know. My hands are shaking. I'm sweating. Yeah, and I just effing do it because that's how I provide for my family. So I think if you just think of it as a conversation, like, and that's it, mm-hmm. you're good. Yeah. Like, um, there's a girl at Sicilian Butcher that is uh, the, bar- the bartender that was there when I went for lunch, like every day. She would go above and beyond for clients, always smiled, mm-hmm. like had a great personality. And I was just like, do you love this job? And she's like, eh. And I was like, would you like to do something else? She's like, depends. And I was like, what are you making here? I was like, do you mind if I ask? <laughs> That's what I would say. Yeah, and she yeah. told me, and I go, I, I could pay you much more than that if you want to try something else. Yeah. And she's like, I'm all ears. And yeah. I was like, why don't we go grab coffee sometime and, and we'll discuss it. And that it's was such it. A, it's such a like huge compliment, too. I think at the very least... To be able to say, hey, I recognized you paying attention to every single customer, mm-hmm. and you knew their name, and you delivered such great service. When's the last time their boss said that? True. You know? So, so they're just already, they're just like, what? I think, too, if you've ever been on the receiving end of someone trying to poach you, it makes way it makes it way easier to go and poach someone else. Because I, I worked at a, you know, a shitty-ass yeah. bank while I was DJing uh, back in the day. It was at one of those banks inside of a grocery store. So like not even like a real bank. Uh <laughs> And then, <laughs> like a, not a real Starbucks when yeah, they yeah. grocery store either. But we had one client that always come in and do deposits and stuff. And this dude always had always had like millions of dollars in his account when he did deposits. And then finally he came up and he's like, can I ask you a question? And like, I don't mean any offense by this. I'm like, yeah, what's up? He's like, why are you working here? And I was like, because I need the money right now. Like, I just, I need the money. He was like, I will fucking hire you in a second. And he was a, he was a, a stockbroker. And he's like, here's my card. He's like, let's just go out to dinner or something. And he's like, let me just tell you about what I do. And I never called that guy, but the fact that he even made that, like, made my day. I was like, yeah. man, someone else fucking wants me and wants to pay me more. That's fucking awesome. Well, and that's what we were saying. Like, that's what people want. They want to feel good. They want to yeah. feel good about who they're working for and with. And they want to feel like they can go to work every day and be valued. That's just yeah. in this society, I think it's just missing from so many different relationships. Yeah. If we can provide that, we're already winning. We already have a product that is helpful, useful. Yes. We don't have to worry about selling people like snake oil. Yeah. What we do is legit. Uh, Everybody so needs depends it. Depends on the school. <laughs> All right. Well, in theory. <laughs> so true. Yes. So <clears throat> but yeah, just yeah. Uh, making people feel good. It's I, not that hard. I, I didn't think about it from that angle, but in this industry, we should all be using the same words. Like if you're if you're an amazing bartender and you're making amazing bartenders uh, in Arizona, the places I'm familiar with, make six figures, eighty five to hundred. Yeah. So I I can afford that if I find the right one. And instead of serving poison, now they're mm-hmm. serving child development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like come on, all of us want to be part of something bigger. Yep. I don't want to serve poison, but if I get paid two hundred and fifty thousand a year, I will. Yeah. Cheers to that. <laughs> 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 I think I think purpose, and I love poison. I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> but I, I think purpose with this generation of employees is probably more important than salary. Yeah. And I think that's where the martial arts has a, a significant edge is that the purpose is there. It's built. It's in. like built into your business model, and you're changing like you're changing lives at the most impactful point in the life when you could possibly change it. When the the most ab- uh, able to absorb new behaviors, new skills, all of that stuff. So it's like, that sell is so damn easy. But it circles back to what you were saying about being a great leader. It's like being invested in someone else's purpose as a human versus you work for me from nine to five. Mm. It's like, how do I help you achieve whatever it is that you feel purpose for? And yeah, that's 
what makes you no offense no well you wouldn't take offense to this but not to make you blush but you're a great leader because you care about people and you care about making sure that they're happy and i I, people will say like how did adam get you you know like Mm. i i've had multiple ceos come to me and say i never even thought to ask you to come work for me or with me and I was Why like, wouldn't they think about that? Though? I don't know. That's I, I was thinking about it probably. That's all I, I think about. <laughs> probably like no joke. A year before we hired you, I was already thinking about like, what do I need to do to get help? Kelly on board and like him and I already knew that we were going to bring you on for the franchise at some point but I was like I would like to have her earlier because I know what you could do for the the agency and the mastermind and it was uh, for me I was just thinking all right like what are what are the benefits of her coming out here that I I can actually show her and but you listen, you listen. Like yeah. we've had conversations before, and I don't, I don't know if it was necessarily about me coming to work here. But, but the mastermind. Yes, yes, I said to you, hey, what do I have to do to start going to masterminds with you? And he was like, oh, got noted. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you paid attention, and you also said, I understand family is important to you. I know that your kids are the most important thing, and that you need to have flexibility and you need to have time with them. So that's. For me, it was like, how did he get? It was like, well, he paid attention. Yeah. <laughs> Not that hard. He just listened to what I want. And there were some doubters. Like, why Why would you do that? Why would you move across the country? And- Are you talking about Travis? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, don't Eve, don't no, you dare. Not, no, no, but not you, Travis. You were in a, like, I honestly thought when we offered you the job that I, I so I almost felt bad offering you the job knowing Same. that you guys had been waiting for this house that was like I your know. dream house and that you're moving into. And I was like, I, I, I go, I feel bad offering her this, but I also feel like I'd be doing a disservice to everyone that works here and also Kelly if I didn't offer her this. And what's the worst thing that can happen is you say no. Well, whatever. it goes back to like yeah. listening. You know, yeah. like, what does she want? Yes. What does the person actually want? Yeah. And yeah, the house is, was on the list, but there were other things that were higher up. So yes. you just happened to pay attention. Well, you also told me something that sort of blew my mind because. Just I, one? <laughs> what a, uh, well, this specific thing is, I don't, I don't even remember when it was, you and I were having a conversation and you're like, do you realize that you're the only person in the martial arts industry that's offered to pay me yeah. for my time? I think you did like a training for the agency or something. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. that fucking blew my mind. Like, uh, and it, it's it's weird too, because like when, even when we throw the summit, uh, like we pay for everyone's way. We'll pay. We'll pay speakers that have their speaking fee and stuff. We'll we'll put them up in the hotel. But I, I've had people in the industry that we had speak on stage that I reach out to to speak, and they're like, "Hey, just so you know, I don't speak for I don't speak without my travel being paid for anymore." And I was like, "What do you mean anymore? Like people weren't paying your <laughs> this travel?" This is gonna come to a surprise for everybody listening, but <laughs> in the martial arts industry, we don't get paid to speak on stage. Well, <laughs> now that, you know. But also, most of the people that hold events don't pay for your flight no, or, or won't, won't offer to pay way. for your flight or won't offer to pay for your hotel. Nothing. And it's like, so we're just asking people to do favors for nothing in return. Well, I always, essentially. Looked, I always looked at it as like my marketing budget. Yes. I, I get that, but still it's fucked up. I know. Like every other industry, there, there's either like, it's a trade off. Like you speak at my event and I speak at your event type of thing, which I understand that part. But even when that happens in other industries, you're still paying for each other's stay, flight, right. all of that stuff. And sometimes there's even like a speaking fee trade off, but you just negotiate like, hey, five grand, five grand, cool, let's do that. Our industry is just like, oh, we're throwing this event and you should come speak. And it's yeah. like, are you paying for the flight? No. You're paying for the hotel? No. So, yeah. so wait a second. <laughs> what? Yeah, you don't feel valued. Yes. You know, and that was like, again, it was like, how did Adam get you? Well, there's another way. Because yeah. he valued me from the start. Yeah. And I hadn't ever worked with you before. So the fact that you were like, hey, do you want to come do my podcast? I'll pay you this amount. I was just like, you know, 
blown away. Well, it's funny because I think a lot of people thought that we worked together a lot at I Love Kickboxing. We did not. But you were like last month. I don't even know you worked. My, right now. Yeah. <laughs> but my my first month was like literally your last month. So yes. I think we might have passed each other in the hallway yeah. twice, but that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was brief. All right, I have a question for you guys. How did you guys come up with the the name Move? So that was me, actually. So, um, so I looked right at him. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, Bijal and her team uh, first came up with a whole bunch of names, and uh, I was trying to think of like what I wanted it to be about mm-hmm. and everything. And the thing that kept popping in my head is like, it's going to be a movement for martial arts because it's not going to be the normal thing that every other martial arts school is doing it's it's literally going to start a new movement oh. in the martial arts so that word was stuck on me but i didn't like movement martial arts because it was like too much of a, a mouthful so when i was talking to Bijal, i was like hey i i love like move and i just spell the m-o-v-e or like movement i was like I, I want something around that and uh even when i gave her that they still give me a list of things like a list of different names and stuff and i, I just wasn't feeling it and then Beagle or someone on our team sent me MUV with move and there was a bunch of variations there was like with the double points like the dispensary <laughs> the move dispensary and then we saw and then I remember I was telling you I, texted Travis, I was just I was like, laughing because I'm like yeah. I don't even want to add what I thought no no so I texted Travis <laughs> about like so, some of the name ideas and he just he like sent me a picture or like a screenshot of something from like a move dispensary and I was just like alright maybe not spell it that way um, I've had people message me and say do you guys know that that's also a dispensary yeah but name? The, the thing is like we have a national trademark for move as the martial arts so it doesn't matter if there's a dispensary with a with a similar name whatever um so i I like that's sort of how we came about it so tell me about this movement yeah well well, continue on with the the move name beagle's team did such a good job like taking everything i wanted in the brand and in the movement and really just pulling it out of me um because for me like i'm very good at creating a vision but i'm not always good at communicating that vision um so cameron harrods helps with that but also uh beagle and her team they just brought like I don't even know. They just asked me all the right questions, bring everything out that needed to come out about this brand. And then they sent me that it was motivated minds, unlimited potential, valuable life skills. And I was like, stop, stop searching for any other names. Like it's move. It's gotta be move going forward. Um, so that was good. The, the movement side of it was, it was just like martial arts deserves better. Martial arts deserves something that's actually gonna make a difference at the level of service that people look for uh and not be looked as like the lesser industry compared to everything else like i don't think i've ever seen a kid walk into a martial arts school and look around and be like holy shit like i want to be here every day i don't want to go do another sport i want to be here mm-hmm. and i was like well how we need to create a facility that embraces yeah. that okay. where kid where the kid just walks in and just wants to be there all the time yeah. and the mom or dad sees what's being taught and they want their kid to be there all the time as a result and then the, the last element of that, which Jody has been a, a huge help with, is making them have a real identity where when they, go to, when they go and leave the martial arts school, their confidence is real. It's not like this kid's been training for three years. So when I talked to Chachri from one fighting championship, he had a really good analogy for this. He goes, the problem with most American martial arts schools is, he goes, you can take two kids. You put one in ballet for three years, you put one in martial arts for three years. Then all of a sudden, at the exact same time, they both get into a situation where they have to protect themselves. He goes, both of them are equally equipped. Yikes. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. 
because this kid's been learning what his instructor's telling him his defense and what will help him stay safe and protect himself. But like when you when you think about that, it's like no, they've really just been learning performance or motions or things like that, and so it's good. not based in reality. And when when he said when he said that, I was like, that was probably one of the best explanations I've ever heard for what is wrong with our industry. Yeah. So for for move, Jody and I have been like we text each other every day, like curriculum stuff and drill stuff and and like uh, th- like theories and ideas on on how to make this like final product what we want. And we want kids that go out there and if they have to protect themselves or protect their family, not only are they confident, but what they actually do in that moment works. Yeah, like it's real. Yeah. Uh, and then my my other biggest pet peeve with this industry is like. You can have a kid start martial arts when he's three years old. You can see him when he's 15, still doing martial arts. The kid's physical att- attributes have never changed. He's still a skinny, scrawny Wiry, kid. Yep. Yeah, and, and like what other, like if you put that kid in soccer, you put him in basketball, you put him in football, for that amount of time, all of those things, there's massive physical changes that happen. Why the fuck is it not happening in our industry? So, like, our curriculum is like, hey, we got to make these kids suffer a bit for their own good. We need to build Mm -hmm. mental toughness in them. Like, parents don't complain about when their kids go to football and the coaches have them run up and down in full pads and they're getting bruised and beat up and, and fucking... Standing up with grass in their their face, <laughs> well, maybe concussions they might complain about, but like those, the, the condition they go through is is crazy. And um, even when I was talking to Chatri, he's like, "When did you first like feel like uh, the change where your body like felt?" And I go, "Honestly, is when I started gymnastics. Right? It wasn't from martial arts. Right. When I started gymnastics, and they, I saw the conditioning, or I experienced the conditioning that you have to go through through gymnastics, where you're like, we had like, we're taping our forearms and shins like every day because we have forearm splints and shin splints like constantly from doing dips on the bars and all of that stuff. And it's like, did it suck going through it? Absolutely. But I was so grateful for learning that type of training that when I got really good at martial arts, it was because I was doing gymnastics at the same time. And I took that mindset of and that mental toughness I got from gymnastics and started putting it into my classes in martial arts and my training in martial arts. And that's when I started to win tournaments and doing all that stuff. It wasn't a thing that I learned in martial arts, unfortunately. I wish I could say it was. Mine was. And that, I think we talked about this last yeah. time. It's yeah. like, where does your you know resilience come from? Where does your grit as an adult come from? And I, I thought about that, especially after working with you and Jody for the past couple of months on the curriculum stuff. It's like, wow, I, I really didn't learn that from standing at attention or from the mat chat. I learned that from getting hit in the fucking solar plex time and time again. And people Which like adult men <laughs> yelling at me, well, then keep your fucking guard up. Yeah. If you don't want to get hit, keep your guard up or do those pushups. You know, again, touch your nose to the floor. It was a physical. There was a very strong physical component in my training growing up. I don't know if my I'm my dad was again, by the way. my he, dad was my teacher so I worked yeah. a lot harder than the other kids in my the class. My dad was too but I, I I responded better to every other instructor. I'm sure I did too. I yeah, left class in tears every yeah. time. But where did that tenacity come from? Yeah. It came from exploring the capabilities of my body and of my strength and how far I could push myself and mm. teach myself I could get back up and do it again. Yeah. I was not defeated. So I think that's an element of martial arts that has somehow fallen by the wayside because we're so afraid of hurting feelings. We're so afraid of hurting. I think it's more fear of the hard conversations. I think a lot of school owners instructors don't want to have hard conversations with kids and parents. Well, it kind of becomes soft a little. Oh, 100%. But here's the thing. like Every time in, in our classes when we've pushed kids to the brink of exhaustion, 
the parents are like hell there yes this is what i signed them up for yeah. like i, I want to see them go through suffering and, and build up that that mental toughness to actually push through instead of quit because if they can do it here they can do it anywhere in their life well i i will play devil's advocate and say there are probably a lot of parents who are going to struggle with watching that because they don't want to see their kids be in in a struggle yeah. right and it's I, hard to see your kids fail it's hard to see them cry i hate seeing my children cry but if i really think about what taught me how to be strong about kids cry but what, <laughs> well, sometimes it is well yeah it sometimes is, it'll happen though sure you know yeah. like my son sure. is very sensitive so yeah. we're not talking about like torturing him if you tell him to run another lap and the other kids don't have to he'll cry he's very sensitive he doesn't like to then, be then cry run yeah <laughs> well, yeah, but some parents might say, you made my kid cry, Ugh. you know? And so you know who handles that really well, that like had a viral video a long time ago. It's, a, uh, it's an African-American instructor uh, with gray beard, and he, he does things where like he'll have, like the kid's not working hard, he'll have the dad come out, and the dad has to do push-ups with the kid on his back, and he goes, you want your dad to carry you your whole life? He's like, if you're not working hard, yeah. like, but no, he has these, he has these eye to eye, face to face conversations yeah. with these kids where he's teaching them such, I wish I remembered his name, such important life skills, but the way he's explaining it, you can tell it's oh, all man. coming from love. Yeah. It's all coming from the benefit of this sure. kid and every parent respects it. Like that dude ended up being on Joe Rogan because of one video that went viral of him helping a kid overcome a fear of breaking a board where the kid started crying. He's well, that like, reminds me of Johnny, that one video of Johnny well, exactly. who was teaching the kid and he was like, I know you can do it, but the kid was about to cry and Johnny was like in his face. But it was like a moment where you had goosebumps because at the end, the kid was like the victor. Right? Yes. He did it. He proved to himself <sighs> that he could do it. And those are the moments. Mm-hmm. But where does that come from as a teacher? Like, think about the Ann Kirk comment. Ah, I'm going to bring it I've up. I've been thinking about for a second. Okay, I'm you glad you brought that up. Because you're being quiet. You come need, on. We need to explain this, though, because not everyone's in the mastermind <laughs> group. I know, group. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But Ann Kirk, we love you, by the way. Yes. Yeah, we were already. And we, 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 talked about, we actually talked about you on the first podcast that we didn't <laughs> actually ridiculous. send ridiculous. We yeah. talked about her too much at this point. All good stuff, though. Basically, Jody had said, me and you were the best on the beach, so I just want to repeat that. <laughs> and then I said that I wanted true. to fight her, which I already told her. And I said I don't want to anymore. Vegas, 2023, Renner, Kirk. So we'll explain. So yeah. Anne is a part of our mastermind. She posted a comment the other night and she was really the, the, the I think the premise of her comment was that she was proud of herself right. and she yeah, wanted yeah. to share that with the group. And she said, I, you know, watched the kids climb on the bag and I, I asked them if they knew that wasn't allowed and they all said, yes, we know that's not what we're supposed to be yep. doing. But we did it anyway. And she had a conversation with them, but ultimately she decided she was going to take their belts away. And, there was some really negative, well, not really negative, but like there they was were some, respectful. It was they just, were respectful, right. but there were like just opposite yep. viewpoints. Like, oh, you got to explain like all the all the consequences before it happens and and all of that stuff. And Johnny chimed in yeah. with a, and he's like, hey, he's like, in life, consequences just happen sometimes. That's right. There's not an explanation for That's them right. before they happen. It just happens. And he goes, I agree with what happened because. It's preparing them for what happens in life. Well, her explanation was when you wear a belt, you are you are wearing a symbol and a sign of That's what right. that means. Yes. It's not just a belt, right? right? It's not we're just taking their belt away because it's like a punishment. Yeah. It's a symbol and a sign of how we behave, of yep. how we act, of how we integrate with each other. And those kids were not behaving or acting as martial artists. Yep. And so their belt was taken away, which I think is an appropriate consequence. I, I do the same so thing with my kids, honestly. Like, if, so if I'm like, do you know this is wrong? Yes, you right. did it anyway, right? 
yes, okay, here's the consequences. It's, it shouldn't be like, hey, if you do that again, I'm going to have to do this. I don't want to be the parent that's like, Johnny, that's strike one, yeah. and then you get to strike seven, yeah, and the kid's still fucking around. And that really isn't the way the world works. Correct. Exactly. And, and that's what I notice in, like, for instance, my smoothie stores. These When I finally have a conversation with someone, and they're talking to me, I'm like, oh, man, I don't even know how to have the conversation. Because mm-hmm. they're like, no, you don't understand. And I'm kind of like... I mean, one of us doesn't understand. Because <laughs> they've been so babied? Yeah. 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 And they're just like, I, but it was my first warning. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you mean? There is no warnings right. in life. Yeah. And so when I read that message, I thought about it as an employer and as a leadership and as someone who really provides to the community and it perfect. Yes. Yeah. She's making studs who are going to make other studs. Yep. Yeah, she, she is doing exactly what she's supposed to do, my opinion. That's how I run my companies. I'm so fucking proud of her. Yep. Uh, I read all the comments. I, I understand where they're coming from. I get it. I read those comments. I, I get in their shoes. I do my very best. Mm-hmm. Size 11 and a half. When I, I force my feet into their <laughs> shoes, and I sit there and think about it. And I'm just like, I get what they're saying. But on a grand scale of people who are going to add value to the community and hit a fucking home run. Yes. Yep. And yeah. that's improving the brand. That's improving martial arts. So when I saw, I thought of myself like, what if I was a parent at that school and that was my kid in class? I would when that when my son got off the mat, I'd be like, I'd I hope her. you learned a lesson. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah. Like you but knew it was wrong. The majority of parents are not like us because uh-huh. you and I grew up in the martial arts industry and we have a different. True. So I think Marshall, and so going back to like what makes that instructor great, the guy with the great. But wait, but really quick, let's wrap okay. up and, and now we can't. Now we just can't. Stop. No, but, I would have taken her a yeah. gift certificate if I was a parent. Yeah. But you know she did the right way because of the response that she posted from the parent thanking her right. for teaching yeah. that child. And more important that though, lesson. Adam, she knew she did the right. Yes, thing. the <sighs> conviction yeah. she had. She fought back on that comment thread and said, correctly. I appreciate, yeah, correctly, correctly professionally, too. respectfully. Yeah. Correctly. She did not start a war, That's which right. which never and happens in our mess. I, I will give, yeah, always yeah. very I'll give credit because right? even though there's a lot of disagreements in that thread, everyone was so, so respectful, respectful. Yeah. to each other. I, we even said, like, we want more of this. Yes. Let's have more debate and debate. more opinions thrown into the ring because that's how we all learn and grow. Because every other... Ma- well, I wouldn't say every other mastermind, but the other masterminds that I've s- seen, like the inside of in or or been a part of, it's like no, everyone needs to think the, the same, same way. way. Yeah. yeah, everyone needs to do it the exact same way. It's one way, and that's it. And if you don't do it that way, you're, you're gonna up. fail. Crabs. When she said, I, yeah. "I appreciate what you guys are saying," Crabs. but <laughs> the point of my post was not for feedback. She was the right. point of my post was because I was proud of myself for actually acting from a place of conviction about what I believe to be true about Amen. a belt. I read that and I was like, that's something Kelly would have said. I had goosebumps. Me too. Aww, me too. Thanks, I was guys. like, oh, Kelly's getting through. Oh, I was so excited. You know, you guys know this. I lost my daughter in 2020. Yep. And people ask me all the time, like, how are you okay? Right? Because there's a lot of parents who lose children who are not, who don't ever get okay. They never can kind of break through that. And everybody grieves differently. So that's not what this is about. But when I think about my experience, what helped me get through that? It is that mental toughness. It is that the people that were not nice to me when I was younger. And at the time I might've felt like they don't get me. They don't love me. They don't. I was like five. But as an adult woman, I can say like, because I got punched in the solar plex 5,000 times, because I was. Don't go to- punching all your students, by the way. Like, we don't recommend that. Especially the young ladies. I know I use that as an example. It actually happened to me all the time. Yeah. Uh, then they invented chest protectors, and then uh, that never happened anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> but those were the moments. You know, I remember going to Japan 
and thinking I was going to win because I was always great at kicking and I had long legs and the, the girl I was fighting was like very, very short. And I was like, she's never going to beat me. And she kicked my butt mm. for five minutes straight. And I went back thinking like, I will never, ever let that happen again. Those were the moments like being completely broken, right? Whether it was physically on the actual ground in Japan or just mentally in life when my daughter passed away. The moments where I've been the most broken have been the opportunity for me to be the most strong. And I think it's a disservice to allow our children to never experience struggle or heartache or pain because they're never going to learn those skills. I think the difference is you put yourself in those situations so that you can actually learn from those situations to build that, right? Where I think... Well, I was forced. Well, yes, because your parents own a martial arts school (laughs) like me, right? But I think the problem is that there's a lot of school owners that are afraid to fail in front of their students, so they don't ever train or they don't ever participate. And it's an ego thing, right? Whereas I think... The more experiences you can put yourself when you get humbled is great. Like when I when I started doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, I was already a grown a grown man, fifth degree black belt, and Hapkido and Tengsudo, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna fucking kick ass at Jiu Jitsu. Like I know joint locks from Hapkido and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So my first class I go and I was rolling with all white belts and I was kicking ass. I was like tapping everyone out and I was like I was like I am the shit. This is awesome. And that happened for about three or four weeks. And then there was a, a brown belt professor teaching one of the classes and he's like, all right, I'm gonna find a partner to roll with. And he goes, you're rolling with me. And I was like, all right, fuck yes. Like finally a real challenge. This dude tapped me out like eight times in 30 seconds and made me feel like the biggest bitch on the planet. Like he was respectful and humble and stuff. And I sat there afterwards and I just looked at him and I said, thank you. I go, I needed that. I was like, my, I, I go, I was so used to being like the, the head honcho, the, the main person that I needed someone to just come in and, and remind me that I don't know shit. And then when I did Muay Thai, it was the same fucking thing. I was like, all right, I was good at point fighting. Right. I used to compete in this. It's going to be awesome. No. So I started getting punched in the face over and over again. And I was like, I didn't put myself in a position to be uncomfortable enough early enough on, which I'm glad I've, I've changed that now. But I, th- I think the problem is that most school owners only stay in their own lane or their own style or whatever. So they're never actually put in those positions where they, they have to develop that and they have to go through Very the true. uncomfortableness and the humble, the humbling things that happen. Um, or it's just like with their own instructor. But I, I think that was a big reason why we switched or moved from Taekwondo to, to Muay Thai and like kickboxing. It's because it's like, I've done all, I've done, like Tang Sudo is pretty much the same thing as Taekwondo, but I've done Tang Sudo and Hapkido pretty much since I was born. And then I got in positions against people that didn't have as much experience as me in martial arts in general in different styles, and they whooped my ass. I was like, I had a false sense of confidence going into those situations. And I, and one of the big reasons we changed is because I was like, I don't want my students to have that same false sense of confidence. I don't want my kids to have that same false sense of confidence. Do you guys feel like now you kind of seek out uncomfortable Oh, absolutely. Like, currently, yes. Yeah. But we st- I still overthink the shit out of it going into it. No, my too. But after it, <laughs> yeah, after it happens, like, I, I get it. Like, uh, going back to Muay Thai, like, I had a sparring session with my coach, and uh, it was, he was like, Adam, he goes, you keep looking away every time I start striking at you. He's like, you're covering, but you're doing one of these. And he's like, so I'm just going to be striking at you nonstop and he goes you have to tell me exactly what techniques I'm throwing after I throw the combos because I want to make sure your eyes are on me so this started as one round and went for 45 minutes where he was just offense punching and kicking the shit out of me and I was defense and he was using control but his fucking his bones are like steel from <laughs> doing my top hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and he caught me in the ribs with a, a body shot that it was the first time in my life I've ever been dropped yeah. and it, 
I can almost guarantee he wasn't using full power. Yeah. It was just like right Perfect spot shot. and his his knuckles are like it's like <laughs> it's like a lead pipe hitting you. And then he hit me there like three more times in that same match. And I was like I, I was pissed in the moment, but afterwards I was like, you know what? I was like I, I needed to feel that. I needed to experience that because it makes me respect more of this art but also at the same time it's reminding me that hey like it doesn't matter how much experience i have in martial arts because it doesn't mean it's reality based it doesn't mean it's the right martial arts it doesn't mean it's the right thing that can protect me but like honestly my, my confidence since i started doing muay thai training and even when i was in jujitsu before like has gone through the roof for the ability to protect my family and to protect myself and uh i think i think that's why i push that so much and i think you can do it with any style of martial arts but i think when we think about how martial arts has been developed over the years, if you think the guy that started Taekwondo, Hapkido, Tang Sudo, Kung Fu, all those people, none of them were experts in curriculum engineering. Not a single one. And then we look at those people like they were the experts in everything and we should keep doing everything exactly as they made it when really they were just someone that figured out how to kick and punch and put different combos and moves together because that's all they knew how to do. But now we actually have people that are experts in curriculum engineering that can make it a thousand times better, that can make it more applicable and make it more realistic. And we're resistant to that because it wasn't done by the person that like founded our art or that was our instructor. Yeah. That's Preach, bullshit. Adam. Yeah, sorry. Wow. No, I love it. Okay, yeah. I, I want to play this. I, I played this in our first take, but I think it's good for everyone to hear. Um, Andrew Tate, you love him or you hate him. I won't get into that part of it. But this video, I think, is very relevant yeah. to what our industry is experiencing. So I'm just going to play it fight gym and you make it hard i'm talking about hard hard to train world champions you're gonna go broke because people don't like it because it's too hard how do you make money in a fight gym well you make it easy you make people punch the air you give out belts you give out gratings all these people think they can fight no one can actually fight if they actually get in a fight they get destroyed none of them get in the cage or get in a pro fight because they're going to lose but these people believe I'm, I'm learning to fight i have a green belt Hi-ya. kids go women go all this crap that's how you make money that's all tyler's doing if he made it legit his business is going to go down so he tells a dream like the karate dojo will tell you i'll teach you how to fight and you're never gonna get punched in your face how can you know how to fight if you've never been punched in the face you own a fight gym such a great quote at the end it is how can you learn how to fight if you never punch the face which i, which, I don't it's also a metaphor for life it is so, it is it's right? like i think about like so, my dad my dad wanted me to be tough not because he wanted me to be a good fighter he wanted me to be tough for life hmm. and that's like the best gift we can give our kids yeah right yeah it's my favorite word these days yeah i i've become this jordan peterson love i just love this guy yeah yeah uh recently i i started going to the gym and lifting and lately people have been asking like you're looking a little yoked yoked (laughs) i love cardio and i love walking and all that things for my mental but (laughs) this jordan peterson stuff he he said uh maybe we should play the video again but from what i remember this is a capable of violence video yeah uh, something about that it's i was like Johnny's thread i already know it's in in that moment when i listened to that i was like i'm not strong anymore i was an all-american athlete in college not anymore i'm not sure i could run from someone i'm not sure i could fight someone it really bothered me and then i thought he said something brilliant i don't know if it was the same one but he was like someone today's in today's society if you can just give your kid even 30 percent grit 
they're going to dominate. Seriously. Because grit is leaving. So if you can find a little grit and instill it in your children, and he's always so good about, you know, all children, like all of them, instill some grit and they will dominate so much more than well, because we do as Life grit. is freaking hard. Yeah. So what is the one skill that's going to help you no matter what? Yeah. Yeah. Here, here we go. Here's a video. The oh, difference between letting people do something for themselves and saying men should be dangerous. By dangerous, that implies I should be ready to threaten <laughs> someone, to hurt someone. No, you should be capable of it. But that doesn't mean you should use it. There's nothing to you otherwise. Like if you're not a formidable force, there's not there's no morality in your self-control. If you're incapable of violence, not being violent isn't a virtue. People who teach martial arts know this full well, right? If you learn a martial art, you learn to be dangerous, but simultaneously you learn to control it. Both of those come together. And the combination of that capacity for danger and the capacity for control is what brings about the virtue. Otherwise, you confuse weakness with, with moral virtue. I'm harmless, therefore I'm good. It's like, no, that isn't how it works. That isn't how it works at all. If you're harmless, you're just weak. And if you're weak, you're not going to be good. You can't be, because it takes strength to be good. It's very difficult to be good. God, it just like speaks to my soul. <laughs> for some reason, I watched that like 10 times, and I was yep. like, i got to start working that again. So here was my... I'd like to just address my excuse for why I never needed to be physically capable to bring Travis and Muay Thai with me, by the way, (laughs) to fight is I've in weird moments where all hell breaks loose. I'm calm. I love that. So, and I'm so magical with words, silver tongue, whatever, you know, like that my sales ability always takes over. So I'll always say, I never need to learn how to fight because I was a sprinter that paid for my college. I'm fast as shit so I can escape the situation, but I've never needed to escape a situation because I can just, I'm calm in those moments. And I'm like, listen, he just explained to me that doesn't matter. He's like, it's like, if you're calm in those situations, you're still a bitch. And I'm kind of like, yep. (laughs) And one day I'm going to bump into someone who wants to fight and my words won't work and I'm going to run and he's going to catch me. And I'm like, that's it. So I'm like, my first thing is, is I got to get strong as shit again. So it's funny when I'm in the gym training, now I'm in the gym training so I can protect my family. And it's way fucking different. Like I'm thinking of. I'm not in there like doing bench press and shit, working on my muscles. I'm in there like I want to defend myself. Mm. I want to be able to rip a limb off if I can. So, <laughs> and it all started from that video. It's crazy. It's like it's not a virtue to to be calm. It's like you're a bitch if you're calm. And I'm like, I am a bitch when I'm all calm. That's scary to me. Like if all hell breaks loose, my silver tongue will get me nowhere. My family will be in danger. Man, that shit drove me crazy. I was like, it is time for me to like be able to defend my family. I don't know if it's something with the age but my motivation quick quickly changed working out where for the longest time i was like oh i just want to be in good shape i want to look good i want to that that was the motivation for working out and then at some point i just like in my head i was like i don't give a fuck if i look good sorry crystal um but (laughs) that that was just like the mindset But, but then the motivation for for starting muay thai was i was like i need something to work towards that's actually going to sort of test that ability of being capable of violence because my my mindset i don't even know if this is the right mindset i was just like if i'm not willing to go and actually fight someone like in a controlled setting where it's like we're doing this as competitors not just because we want to like hurt somebody but we're doing it as competitors my mind is like if i'm not willing to do that what's going to happen when i'm in the situation when 
I need to protect my family. Yeah. So I was like, I need my my mindset is like, I need to recreate that situation in a safe setting as much as possible, so that I can be, be prepared for that. And I know that's not the r- right mindset for everybody, but I became way more motivated to work out because, again, just like you said, it was going back to like, well, this is, this is now about protecting my family. Mm-hmm. And being able to step in when that stuff happens, and I, I understand that, like Arizona, everyone's got ninety-seven guns in their house, and that's that's cool. But like, you don't have a gun on you at all all times, and there's going to be a situation. Well, you, what are you going to do? Just give up? You got to at least try. Yeah, exactly. You get shot, you get shot, but at least you <laughs> yeah. fucking tried. That's right. Yeah, man, that just watching that video again, I'm like, I felt it again. I was like, I want to go work out again <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, it's also I that, out so it's hard also that today, physical yeah. capacity too, right? Like, it, it, yeah, fighting. You know, I feel like we should name this podcast "Making Martial Arts Fierce Again" or something. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, it's like look at red hats. Bringing the martial arts sure back get... to martial arts. Like, what is it for? It's the ability to actually fight. <laughs> Not yes, character development, but character development comes from your ability to learn how to fight, not the other way around, right? <laughs> So it's not character wow. development above all else. It's character development through the vehicle of martial arts. Yeah. So how many schools are using character development as an excuse to not teach actual, realistic martial arts? But that's my point. Yeah, is, well, that, that, that's why I know it's <laughs> no, your point. But no. I go, I, I think so many schools have watered down what martial arts actually is under the guise of character development. Correct. But if you're not actually giving your students challenges and obstacles and and things that they have to mentally push through or they're going to fail you're not teaching character development you are just having a center for participation trophies and high fives well, and it's that's a high the thing five that you and Jody have really opened my eyes to over the past you know couple months working with you is remembering where my confidence came from yep. like legit it was not from the mat chat you know what I mean? Like, those were great. Yeah. But <laughs> the lectures did little in comparison to my ability of showing myself yep. that I could do something. And not just fight, but also just the physical components of what I could do. I could do anything that felt hard. I could mm. push myself. I could succeed when everybody else said you can't. I think those are the lessons that, you know, martial arts becomes valuable in this day and age. Yeah. I, uh, I my, my, love this talk. Yeah. So... Looking back, I, I'll tell this to my my boys anyway. Is I always just say, my strangely, my favorite sport was wrestling. I got some football scholarships because I was fast as you just like You just like the outfit, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do like the little unitard. Ooh, I look good at a uni. Sometimes There's I go to like house and he's just like sitting in, in it. His yeah, same size as the high school one, too. It's really weird. And I'm like, yeah, just put this on for you, Adam. Come on back. <laughs> my favorite sport was wrestling. And looking back, it was because I'd walk out there. And it was me and some other dude. And for me, the other dude always looked stronger than me. I still carry that with me. I just like watch him, and they they well, take off. Your unitard was pink. That's <laughs> it's purple. Yeah, light purple. That's a kind like of like your pink. phone case. And I'd always be like, oh, I don't know, I don't stand a chance. I don't stand a chance. I went out there. It was just direct fucking war. Yeah. And at the end, you both stood there, and one of your arms got raised, and the other was a bitch, as far as I was concerned. <laughs> but more physically, I but also a drove game. me crazy when. I only lost maybe six times, and all six, it like ruined my week. I couldn't Don't stand Don't you think it's a mental game, too, when you go out there and you're looking at that person in the eyes and you're like, I'm about to fight you? It's there crazy. is a mental fucking intimidation yep. that you happens. Put on, one d- dude puts on red, one dude puts on green, you shake hands, and you go to fucking war. That's life. It's awesome. That's <laughs> business. Yeah, That's what's made me great at life and business, me is too. that fucking mental intimidation. Yeah, like, I will fucking, fucking fight you to the death. Too. Let's go. And I will. It's never left my blood. Football, boom, you hit someone, 
track, you jump over a bar or whatever, like you pull. Wrestling, it was just always cool to shake hands, go to war, shake hands again, and then there's one loser and one winner. There's nothing in between. There's right. no fucking no ribbons. Yeah, like you win or you lose. Right. You move down the bracket. I always tell my boys, wrestling is life 100%. Mm. It's person who tries harder, who practices yeah. fucking more, wins. And if you lose, it's just motivation to fucking... And if you never get your fucking belt taken for doing Should something be. wrong, you'll never yeah. fucking get the yep. fucking grit in the Amen. first place. So I love you, Ann. F- funny story. <laughs> so I li- I lied to my parents when I was like a black belt when I was like eleven or twelve or something, and I lied to them multiple times. I had to wear a white belt for a month while I was training, and it was one of the most humbling things ever because everyone knew in the school that I was a black belt and I was the owner's son. And they're like, yeah. "So why are you wearing a white belt?" And my dad's like, "If I ever hear you lie about why you're wearing a white belt, he goes, you're gonna wear that for the entire year." So then I was like, I had to tell everyone like that I lied to my parents and all this stuff, and it it just it taught me transparency first of all but also taught me like hey like there there's consequences for your stuff and you're not gonna like it yeah and that's part of life but you have to push through those moments and learn from it so it doesn't happen again and i'm a psychology major so i really do relate and understand the psychology behind learning and the brain and development and all of that and i think it's great Travis, do you have a degree I'm the only one that doesn't. <laughs> I quit the semester before. Yeah, hence the reason you're sitting in that chair, you rich bastard. <laughs> so I, I'm not opposed to understanding the science. You yeah. know, I think it's. I think if we can combine the two, God, we're fucking unstoppable. Because if we can have all of these lessons that we've all gotten as a shared experience from martial arts or you know the fighting aspect or the fighting component, and combine it with the psychology of the brain and how people learn mm-hmm. and how kids develop then like how can anybody win against us yeah like, the martial arts industry is just going to dominate once we figure out how to connect the two well i think that's the goal with the move with yeah. move right it's like intersecting that uh really a more in-depth version of, of character development and life skills with real fighting techniques yeah. so that way it's developing the athlete with a real sense of confidence, but it's also preparing them for life. And then the mindset is just tied into every single aspect of what they're doing. And, and that, that's what I think is really gonna hopefully influence the rest of the industry to be like, oh, we see that. We need we need to step up our game now. And I, I, and I can guarantee the people that are so married to tradition, like tradition is cheating on you over and over again, and you're like, no, this marriage is gonna work. We're gonna we're gonna keep it going. Like you're seeing like that all the time. Those those of you that are so married to tradition, when you know there's other things that work better, blockbuster, bro. You are blockbuster. Yeah. Like you need to adapt. You need to make changes, and you need to like separate Be your feelings. Yeah, you got to separate your feelings <laughs> from like facts and yeah. knowledge like that's how, why i asked you like I, i'm curious to know like when you guys approach something that feels uncomfortable what is like your first thought is it maybe that's mm. not what's for me because i think it's hard to tell between it's, intuition right that's like steering you away from things that are not for you versus let me lean into this discomfort because it actually might help me grow thank you i was like what is your first thought when you said what is your first thought mine is always fear me yeah same i, I did yeah. it yesterday at the gym i approached someone uh, I guess I'll just say it as it is. I'm trying to make it politically correct. My goal right now is to walk in and uh, talk to the most beautiful woman in the gym 
and build a relationship to see if they'd be interested in running one of our smoothie bars with myself and my ex-wife. And I'll walk towards, and they're always with five other women. And I'm like, ooh, my hands are sweaty. So I have to go approach a group of five women, and I'm only talking to one, and it's the pretty one. And I'm like, question. I'm like, I have a dream. It's kind of like my funny opener. Yeah, so that's pretty weak. But it is one, yeah. Everyone laughs. I know. And then they're like, "Ha ha!" And I'm just like, "I've always wanted a bunch of dominant, studly ass women to help me run my." And it's perfect the gym I'm at because when I'm doing my presentation, I can point. I'm not kidding. Right it's out like the window, the it says "One Stop Nutrition," and I say, "See that? I'm a half owner of that with my ex-wife." And I pause because that's cool. And they're like. How's that going? And I'm like, as soon as I say that, they say, how's that going? I'm like, couldn't be better. Best friends. Like, we're just business partners. It's just the way it is. And we have four kids together and a bunch of companies. So we're perfect for each other that way. And they're always like, oh, shit. And then I'm like, here's what I'm thinking. Any of you guys have $100,000? Possibly, because we're looking for a 25% partner. And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hence the reason I started out with. Ballsy. Yeah. I have a dream. And I'm sweating. I have diarrhea. My tummy hurts. (laughs) My armpits. I'm like, Adam would slap me if I was being a bitch right now. I do it. And then guess what? I'm already all set. Yeah. So when you're like, what's your first thought? My first thought is like. Hmm, I think I'm going to shit myself yeah. is my first thought. And I still fucking do it. Do it anyway. I think that's grit. Yeah. I think that's grit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm not too far off of that. I think part of it is like the fear goes in first. I, I always say there's default brain and CEO brain. Yeah. Your default brain is always like going back to like how everyone in the, in the world normally thinks yep. on a day-to-day basis. So my default brain always goes back to like, this fucking sucks. I don't want to do this type of thing. But then when CEO brain takes over... It thinks every hard conversation is going to make every future hard conversation easier. It's going to make me a better CEO in the long run. Like recently, we had to let go of someone from the company, and I remember you came up to me like, "Do you want me to have the conversation with them so to I let know. them go?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, I, I think I need to do it." And I pr- default brain would have been like, "Kelly, you got this. I'll see you <laughs> later. Take care of it. I'm out." Yeah. But the the way I saw it was like, "Hey, if I can make letting go of this person." happen where we hug it out at the end everyone's cool and there's no hurt feelings around the same page and all that stuff it's just gonna make every other time this happens that much easier yeah. and I, I honestly think if you had to rate a firing out of 10 I think it was a 10 it was great like like we hugged it out and uh, there's only good things said afterwards we got a good email from them afterwards just thanking us for giving them the opportunity and everything and I was like Afterwards, I was like, that was the right decision. It was it was yeah. right to have that hard conversation. I had a similar thing happen at the school where a parent wanted to talk to me. And, like, I'm never at the school. I don't talk. I don't, like, go in to meet with parents or anything like that. And I was like, why the fuck do they want to talk with me? It was my first reaction. <laughs> and like, Dream's like, I don't know, but they, they want you in the room. So I went there. And it, the funny thing is, I, I feel like I'm pretty self-aware. While I'm sitting there, I realize I'm not the right person to be in this room talking to this parent because... I, uh, my customer service muscle just isn't what it used to be from using it all the time. Mm-hmm. Dream crushed it in, the, yeah, in that meeting. I, I can't and, it. It like pretty much stopped me from putting my foot in my mouth and just like yeah. said all the right things. And I was like, perfect. And then uh, thinking about it afterwards, I was just like, you know what? I've been out of that role for so long that that's not me. But I said, either way, I still need to make it right with the parent. So at our black belt testing, I, I just pulled him aside and we had a great conversation. And Funny, funny thing is he had a bottle of bourbon with him in a cooler, which I don't know why. 
But he's like, hey, you want suburban? Because he goes to your school. Yeah, yeah. We got cool parents in our school. And then I was like, give me this guy's number. Yeah. But anyway, he's like, hey, can I have a drink with you? And I was like, yeah, sure. And we just had like a little plastic cup of bourbon and just sat there and just like talked through it. And afterwards, there was just like mutual respect as a result. And I was like, man, as, as much as... I didn't want to have to come in and have the conversation in the first place. And as much as like I probably was getting ready to put my foot in the mouth during that conversation, I was like, it was the right thing to come back and actually finish the conversation with this dad so that we could be on the same same page with everything. And uh, I always see those as like building like CEO equity. Like all of those, it's investing into your future to make all of that so much easier when it has to happen again. Because there's going to be 99,000 more of those conversations that happen throughout the rest of our life. That's pretty high level shit. Yeah. yeah. I always look at discomfort as like the obvious next step. Mm. Like yeah. it's it's probably not going to feel good to grow. Like literally growing pains. Yeah. My, you know? I'll, I'll, I'll put that in like dumb words. I think people listen to dumb words better. So my crowd does <laughs> Trump, anyway. Trump proof yeah. that. And like, yeah. I'm like, these, these high level words, I don't even understand, Kelly. Let me talk to the rest of us. Yeah. I, I, I recently, my, my kid... Uh, anyway, we were somewhere, and s- someone was like, "You rich bastard!" And the, <laughs> that never happens yeah, to you. One minute later, I was at a checkout line. He's still with me, and they're like, "You rich bastard!" Two different people, and he's like, "What's the hardest thing? Like, what's the hardest thing about like running companies?" Your son asked you this. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, "Learning to enjoy the taste of shit sandwiches." Mm. And we didn't. My son is so smart. He was like, "Hmm." Mm. That was a whole conversation. He, he didn't need any more. But if people do need more, that's just grit. Like, you always you always say it, but doing the actions is so hard. We're, us three are near perfect at it. But eating shit sandwiches and not caring if you're right and giving away all, like, all the credit, giving it all away mm-hmm. is completely different than maybe what we were born to do. So it's just learned. It's exercising that muscle. God, that, that was, if you did not get a gold nugget from that comment uh, right there, like yeah. giving away all the credit. All of it. 100%. What do you want it for? Like I, That is it. That do you want to be right or do you want to be rich? That's the only tattoo I, I think that's what get. most yeah. business owners struggle with is it's like when everything goes wrong, it's your fault. But when that's everything right. goes right, it's your My, team's that's win. That's right. And yeah. that, once you understand that, it makes it so much easier to be to repli- a leader. To replicate yes. yeah. and replicate and make and a living and pay your people more and all yeah. the great shit. Do you remember, <laughs> yeah. you and I had a conversation once and you're like, can I tell you your worst yeah. quality? Because I, I heard it on your podcast, you little bitch. Yes, uh, I heard it. <laughs> 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 since By I can't way, out I fight you, yeah. Yeah. since I can't fight yes. Adam, I have to throw something like that in every once in a while. You guys drank all the coffee. <laughs> My coffee's gone. You guys yeah. drank all the coffee. All right. Mine's not gone. Mike, if you like this type of coffee, there's still out there. Um, but anyway, so, so Travis, Travis, like, you can't fucking take a compliment. He's like, every time someone gives you a compliment, you're just like deflect. Yeah, deflect. But it's I think it's Pain. because I'm so used to when my giving away when, credit. Yeah, giving away credit as a leader, and and that's why. But you guys could also learn to say thank you. I've gotten way better at that. Good. Like every time he someone gives me a compliment, has. I just think yeah. of Travis in my he ear. Can. He's like, take he, a fucking compliment. He, he has. Yeah. I've gotten worse. I've taken his role. So yeah, <laughs> I need the slapping now. Yeah. That, you're right though. I, I learned one day I haven't taken credit for so long that I just became a habit to never take credit. Anytime something's like, man, that was good. And I'm like, 
the smart team. bastards yeah. behind me. I yeah, say yeah. both. Thank you. And also my team. Wow. We're aspiring to be just like I know. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. Gonna be one day up. when we grow up. up. Yeah. up. I do like right, Ann? I want, <laughs> I want your hair. I want, I want it all. I want those earrings, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, keep working. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even let us get started. We'll be fighting soon and I'll lose again. <laughs> hmm. Well. Coffee cups empty. Yeah, I, I think it was a fucking <laughs> great conversation. I think we covered a little bit of everything, and um, this this is just so everyone watching knows that this is how like us three are all the time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's always very candid, honest, direct conversations. There's no one's worried about hurting each other's feelings when we talk either. But conversational, we. We act like retards sometimes. I know that word's not allowed anymore, but (laughs) we're being transparent here. Um, But yeah, I appreciate both of you guys, and I'm glad that I'm on this journey with both of you guys by me, because we're going to do some cool shit. We're going to change an entire industry and change millions of lives in the process. Thanks for moving here, Thanks for poaching me. Thanks for moving here. From myself. When Adam now, here's giving away credit, but this is this is... This is a great compliment to you, I hope. These days, anytime someone asks me about this particular business model of mine, I'm like, oh, we just brought in the fucking queen bee. This shit's <laughs> gonna about to just go nuts now. So Adam oh God, and I no talk pressure. behind your back so much or whatever, but I think that we have such similar skills and we're so good at the exact same thing and character and we're both servant leaders. You just bring an entirely fucking different edge. Uh, this is about to get awesome with you on board. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for giving me the yeah. chance. I'm I, excited. I hear Kelly say some shit sometimes, and I was like, yep, yeah, that's why we brought her here. <laughs> well, ever since I met her, when she says something, and then Adam looks at me, I'm kind of like, well, so you want a dumb version? You already got the best. You want me to dumb? All right, I'll dumb it down for the rest of us. If Kelly talks, and then someone looks at me, I always just say, all right. Well, for the rest of us, here's what she was saying. For us dumbasses, <laughs> what she meant, yeah. So I, I wouldn't want to work with anyone else. I, people are like, you know, how's the move? How? How? Because I literally moved my family across the country. We just bought a house. I know you mentioned how's that. How's the move? How's the move? And uh, you know, how, how's the move? How's the going? Move go? um, yeah. And honestly, when when people say like, what's the best part? And it, my life has gotten. 10 times better just because of the fact that I'm near you both yeah. wow. on a regular basis. That's the truth. I just take Tra- Kelly I tell, out to lunch I tell Travis like now. all the time like working next to Adam even literally just physically next to you and yep. Jonathan's going to kill me because I said literally like 800 times on this podcast. <laughs> so shout out to Jonathan for helping me <laughs> be accountable like, literally, to myself. Though, Kelly, literally. literally yeah. I know that's a bad habit so I'm working on it. Um, but you know you're, at, you're, you're Adam and you're right next door and that energy alone is just motivating it's inspiring so appreciate you and, and same for you it's just like awesome to be around people who believe in me but also who have the same values and we ha- i mean the laughter alone in my life has 10 times since yeah. i've moved here same. i will say that's that's what i'm good at i don't, I don't know what other energy i bring besides <laughs> laughter that's why I'm but, like, adam and i are so good at the same yeah. stuff we needed yeah. you yeah under undervalued it's important yeah i feel very happy it, being it, here it is it is yeah. it's it's an energy it's contagious it is it's, it's kind of the way i run a lot of my companies is just share my energy and yeah. i feel like as long as i pop in from time to time that it, like it's a fever it shit goes for like three or four days i pop back in i, I think that we needed your oomph I think we needed your grit. I think we needed just a dominant fucking stud yep. human 
and you just happen to come yeah. in the female form right now. Like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think us three is going to be nuts. What we're I was, I was talking to him like pr- probably last week, I think, and I was like, "Did you ever think that we would find a CEO from the martial arts industry <laughs> like Kelly?" I already knew we wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, no, there's no fucking way. So I'll go find him, and then I bump into her, and I'm like, well, she's not from martial arts. Yes, she. Well, then she's a fluke. She's not. She's really not from. I'm like, she's really not though. Yeah, well, you're you're a you're a one off for sure. It was funny though. The the first time he saw you speak at one of our mastermind events, he he. I think we were like talking the week after or something. He's like he's like that girl could be the CEO of any fucking company. Mm-hmm. And that was like his first response to seeing me. Like ten seconds, I'm like, like, "What in the (laughs) frick is that? Yeah, yeah. What is that? What had just happened? That was a lucky one. I think I counted it as a fluke. Actually, I think I was like Adam. Like, I think I came more like, "Is that like what was that?" And then the second time, I was about to answer a question, and she answered the question, and I was kind of like, "Well, that was like." 39 times better than I was going to answer that question. So she is legit. Yeah. So now I'm like, I just never need to talk again. I just need to follow Kelly. And someone's like, hey, Travis, we have a question. I'm all, mm-mm. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I wouldn't work for anyone else. Thanks really. for being here. Well, I, yeah, I, we appreciate you being here. People are always like, well, you have your own company. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to. I want to run someone else's. And it wouldn't be just anyone. So. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited for here. the future with both of you crazy fuckers and we're gonna do some good things for the industry. Vegas and tomorrow. I love you guys. So, uh, love you guys. Vegas love you, bro. for Ali Wong this week. I'm sure you fun. Love you, bro. Love, love you, bro. Love you, bro. Um, That's love probably you the best way. Yeah. From now on, I'm gonna be like, love you, bro. Love, love you, bro. bro. All right, shameless plug, guys. If you are a fitness or martial arts studio owner, you're not in the Relentless Studio Owners Group on Facebook. Go get in there. Kelly and I are putting free content in there every single day, and literally, it's content that every other consultant guru whatever you want to call them is charging for we're just throwing it in there for free we literally had because uh, the group's been sort of quiet for yeah. a little while right fell off the- we did two live videos in a day and then we did like a whole week of live videos and literally we had like 300 people join the group literally. as a result like everyone yeah literally <laughs> everybody was telling their friends about it fuck jonathan so Go join the group. It's tons of free content on business, on curriculum, on classes, on team management, leadership, all of that stuff. Our, our whole purpose and mission is to push the industry forward and not to be looked at as like the ugly stepsister of the fitness industry. <laughs> we want people looking at this industry and be like, man, how do I get into Making the martial arts Making martial business? arts fierce again. Yes. <laughs> red hat. <laughs> but, Travis is here to help us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's maybe not do the red hats, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I no. agree with the other part. Like, skip, yeah, skip all that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we want to help you guys. We want we want to help this industry to move forward and really get the respect, recognition, and success that it deserves. And the only reason we can, the only way we can do that is with your guys' help. We need you guys to continue to participate, learn, and let us know what you want to see from us. Let us know what content you want, what training you want. We will make that shit happen uh, because we are all about making sure that we get to that next level and that next step. At, together as a community as a martial arts industry so let's fucking do this thank you guys and we'll see you next episode love you bro <laughs> <laughs> that was fun as shit guys that was like now I drew the last one yeah, yeah right that was definitely straight A1 we on the road money focus for the goal tell them what they need to know